I'm Jessica Randolph, and welcome to the How to Buy a House podcast, where we empower you to invest in real estate and start building wealth for yourself. It's the biggest purchase of your life, and we're going to teach you how to do it right. Your host, Jessica Randolph, is an HGTV designer, a top realtor for over 10 years, winner of the National Association of Realtors 30 Under 30 Award, Rookie of the Year, number 11 realtor on social media in Tennessee, and most importantly, the founder of the How to Buy a House class. Jessica, take it away. Hello out there. Thank you so much for being a part of our podcast. I'm so excited for today's episode. You are hearing from a very special guest. Her name is Cassidy Fensom, and she hails from Kansas City, Missouri. Cassidy's with us today, and I cannot wait for you to get to know her. Cassidy's one of those people that would have probably won most liked in high school in my opinion, and I'm sure this has been a rocket launcher for her incredible real estate career. Cassidy is a Kansas City native and bought her first home at a very young age with every dollar she had in her bank account. Since then, she's grown her real estate career, purchased and renovated rental properties, and sold over 34 homes in 2022 alone. We are so excited to have Cassidy a part of our network and on today's episode. Cassidy, thank you so much for being with us today. Let's get into it. Hello, Cassidy. Thank you so much for being a part of the podcast today. We are so pumped to have you, and I can't wait to learn more about you and more about Kansas City and just everything. Cassidy is our incredible realtor in Kansas City, so if you're in the Kansas City market or anywhere near Kansas City, um, Cassidy Fensum is going to be teaching the How to Buy a House class in this market. So if you've never bought a house, if you want to learn more about real estate investing, she is an incredible realtor, and she is going to be teaching in-person classes in that market. Um, So definitely keep your eyes on her, and we're so happy to have her part of the podcast today. You've got so much knowledge on your market and on um, real estate in general, and I'm just so happy to be able to share your brain with the rest of the world today. Um, So thanks for being here. Yay. Thanks, Jess. I'm so excited to be here and talk about the city I love. Amazing. Well, why don't we start, um, let our audience know you a little bit better. So tell us a little bit more about you and why you got into real estate and how you got into real estate and kind of what brought you here. Yeah, absolutely. So went to college, thought corporate America was the life for me. And I bought my first home in 2019 and ultimately just fell in love with the process and was like, wow, I need to be a real estate agent. (laughs) But um, I had chased chased that American dream because my parents were like, you need to go to college. Like, that's the life for you. And it was like very influential. But I have always loved homes, even from a young age. So... I love that. That's awesome. So just like your desire to be out of corporate America and loving homes, you're like, this seems like a great career. Let's go for it. Yeah. So I also grew up with parents that owned their own business and a dad that was in sales. And I was always just avoiding it because I was like, no, I want like, I want to do something different, but really I grew up in that environment and that's the environment that I strive in. So I love that. My dad's an entrepreneur too. And I always saw him like he started his own insurance company and was always hustling. And I'm always like, I don't know what my dad does. Like in school, they'd be like, what is your, what do your parents do? I'm like, well, my mom is a mom and my dad, I have no idea. Maybe he's in the mafia. I don't know. Um, he says he does deals. So like, what does that mean? And I'm from Chicago. Apparently I did have like an, an, a great uncle that was in like the Italian mafia, which is crazy. Maybe I shouldn't be telling people that. Maybe someone in the mafia is listening to this podcast. Uh, Okay. Well, listen, people that are in the mafia, 
you know, can own homes too. So it's for everybody. Right. Okay. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> oh my God. Um, we're off to a great start, Cassidy. We're just doing it. So that's awesome. I love that you kind of grew up with the entrepreneurial mindset and, you know, saw the sales background and obviously being a real estate agent, we are salespeople. I always like to say we're people, people, you know, whatever people need, we do it. Sometimes it is encouraging them a little bit to take the plunge. And actually that's what our topic is today. We're going to be talking about how do you know if the house is right for you? And you might look at five houses, you might look at 50 houses and not feel ready to put in an offer. So we're going to talk about like knowing when you should make an offer, because that is something that a lot of people always ask me about when I'm in a buyer consultation with them. They're like, so like, do we have to look at 20 houses? Do we look at two? And I'm like, it depends. Sometimes it's your first, sometimes it's, you know, after a hundred different houses, it just depends. Let's talk about our topic today. And that is, how do you know when the house is right for you? How do you know when it's the one? I feel like this should be a Taylor Swift song of like, how do you know he's the one? I would say that it's not always like this is the only one. I want to hear, Cassidy, your thought on this, but I think there are multiple houses that actually would work for you out there. It's not necessarily like a soulmate. I do believe that a lot of things in life are meant to be, but I do think that having an open mind of like, oh, that was my house and I didn't get it and now there's no other houses for me out there and I'm going to die. Like, that's not true. Cassie, tell me your perspective. Like, how do you know when a client of yours, you're walking through like, okay, they should make an offer. Like, what are some tall tale signs? Yeah, so just to start off, I like to meet with client. I love, in a perfect world, love to meet with them and a, a buyer console. And from the start there, I am usually informing them that, hey, you're going to know within 10 to 15 seconds of pulling up to that house if you, if this is going to be a contender, if this is the one, you're going to f- like naturally feel it. I mean, it's human instinct. So from there, then really you're f- this is so cheesy, but you're, it's so true. Your five senses like really engage and all the way from sight, smell, sound, like, is there a train? Is that going to bother you? Like when I show up to a house with a buyer, like I can see it all happening. You know, I'm not going to be like, Oh, are your senses engaging? But I can tell just by, you know, their body language, what they're saying to me. And so I always encourage all of my clients to trust your gut don't force something if you don't feel it. There's always going to be an opportunity for another house. And it's been crazy because I've had some clients that were looking at 20 plus houses and I've literally had some clients that look at one house and they're done. And I'm like, are you sure? Like, (laughs) yeah, that happens a lot. Yeah. It's back to that in like how you feel and if you have to feel it. So it's short and sweet, but that's really it. Yeah. I think trusting your gut is a huge one for sure. And I remember I've had so many clients where you're right. The first house we see, they're like, this is the one. And I remember like, you know, walking through and being like, yeah, probably because the search process now is all done online. You can Google street view, you can watch virtual tours. You can really get so much info of like, will I like this house? Yeah. And then you're right. The second you step into it, you're smelling things, you're hearing things, stuff that you're not really able to feel from looking at a Redfin 
you know, listing or realtor.com listing. So that's why going to a showing is super important and seeing the house in person. And we have helped hundreds of people buy houses sight unseen, especially during the post pandemic market and how crazy it was of like, you need to like literally get to that house within an hour of a game listed or you're going to miss it. Mm-hmm. Where this market with it being not as crazy and being more of a buyer's market, you can actually walk through a house, sleep on it, think about it, pray about it, and then make an offer and um, probably get a great price on it and negotiate a little bit. And that's the beauty of a good buyer's market. Uh, but sometimes it is the first house you see. And I always tell my clients, I'm like, don't be nervous that the first house we've seen is the one you want to make an offer on. It means that this was one you were like, okay, it checks all the boxes. We've looked at the photos. It's in the neighborhood we like. We drove by it last night. Like, odds are this is maybe the right house for you and you should make an offer on it. I'm always like, if it makes sense for you financially, you feel comfortable with the payment, it fits your lifestyle, it fits your commute. You know, maybe you really are into hosting family dinners. It's got a great dining room. Think about how you're actually living in the house. And I have some buyers that have met with me and they're like, oh, I really want like the white picket fence and like my dog to just roam free. I'm like, oh, but you don't even have a dog. And like, why do you need a fence when like you, you, you're not in that stage of life yet. Maybe you need to buy a townhouse because you travel all the time. Like, let's get real. Or I always, my favorite is when I get clients and they're like, we want to buy a fixer upper. And I'm like, great. What is your experience with fixing anything? And they're like, oh, nothing. And I'm like, great. Maybe you guys should buy some new construction. And we go looking at fixer uppers and they're like, oh, it smells weird. And like, what about this carpet? And like, how do you replace a cabinet door? I have no idea. And I'm like, let's go look at some new construction. And then the second they walk in a new house, we're like, let's make an offer. So you really don't know until you're in the house. And I, I remember this is kind of cheesy, but I remember when I was trying on my wedding dresses, when I, when I got engaged, um, I had an image in my head of what I thought it would like. But then when I actually went in to put a dress on, I was like, oh, I hate this on me. Mm-hmm. I thought like I wanted all the grandma lace. And then I got in there. I was like, I feel like a like a corpse bride. Like, this is not me. It wasn't until I tried it on that I was like, oh, this is right for me. And so that's what's so great about going to showings. And for those of you that don't know, you need a realtor to go to a showing unless it's an open house. So if you haven't already chosen a realtor, we will have a whole nother episode of how to choose your realtor wisely. Very important. But your realtor is the one that will be walking you through the houses. If it's not your realtor, they will have a buyer's agent or showing specialist who is specialized in walking you through these houses and really educating you while you're in the house. So this is a great time for you when you're inside of the house to ask your agent a ton of questions. What do you think about the potential resale value? Can I put an addition on this house? What's the zoning like? Can I build another house in the backyard in some areas of town that's possible in Nashville? And that increases the value a ton. What's the roof like? I mean, do you think that we would be able to fit our king size bed in here? Um, Really thinking about what it's going to be like to live in that house and own that property um, is super important. Also, like as far as gut check goes, I've had clients walk through and they're like, I thought this was going to be what I liked and I thought I wanted this, but now that I'm actually in the house, like this is just too much space for us. Or like this wouldn't make sense for our family. We've got kids and they're upstairs and we're downstairs. Like, I don't know what we were thinking, wanting a master on the main floor. So going through and really picturing yourself living in the house is huge. But wouldn't you agree, Cass, that like, I'm a firm believer that like, if you miss out on that one house, there will always be another one down the road. Don't feel like it's like this thing that like, if you miss out on it, especially in a multiple offer situation and you're fighting for it, there are so many other great houses out there usually that will come up and new stuff always comes up and like, there's plenty of fish in the sea. There are plenty of houses on the market. Don't be afraid of missing out on the one, right? Oh, absolutely. 100%. I am telling my clients that all of the time. Like, I, I truly think that like, in things happen for a reason and you know there's something better down the road and it's gonna work out and it's gonna be okay so for sure 
Definitely. I've also had, and maybe you've had these where like I walk through your house and I'm like, oh, like I don't know if my clients are going to like this. And then they get there and they're like, what do you think? I think that's another thing to think about is when you're choosing your realtor wisely, you want to trust their judgment. Cause you might be like, you might be like one of those people. And actually I used to be like this. I would go to Starbucks and I had no idea what I wanted. I would sit there, look at the menu and I'm like, I had like the fear of making a decision. I don't know what that's called. I'm sure there's like a there's like a phobia for it of like the fear of making decisions. I was so afraid of choosing the wrong drink. And we're talking about a $4.50 latte, people, not a $450,000 home that you're going to live in for the next however many years. Like I could not make decisions. I felt crippled by it. That's why it's so great having a realtor that you trust and that can give you insight and be like, listen, honey, I've looked at 50 houses today and this is the best house I've seen in those 50 houses, you should definitely make an offer and feel free to rely on your realtor to give you courage. Um, you're also allowed to bring friends and family to showings. Maybe you see it and you're like unsure, schedule a second showing and bring another friend with you. They may be like, Hey, did you see that weird dog that lives next door? Like, and you hate pit bulls. Like, is that going to freak you out at night? And you're like, Oh my gosh, I didn't even see the dog. You know, your friends and your family, they know you and they're going to look out for you. Right. Or maybe it is that you, you should start with something like a condo or a starter home and buy something that's not going to be such a money suck for you. The worst thing is when we've got clients that buy the most expensive thing in their budget and now they have no money to furnish the house. They're like, yeah, our payment's $2,500 a month. We don't have money to buy a washer and dryer now. Right. Buy something that's like within your means. Don't feel like you have to have this like Instagram influencer lifestyle with the first house. Like your first house can be a fixer upper or maybe it's got some really ugly paint or maybe it does smell weird. You need to bring in a dehumidifier and get the air ducts cleaned out. Or maybe it's something that is going to need a little TLC. Mm -hmm. That is also something that you can rely on your realtor for. I love helping my clients put lipstick and you know, makeup on the house so that it feels really great and feels like theirs. Yeah. Um, and having that vision, a lot of people don't have that vision. And so relying on your realtor to have that vision is super helpful. Um, and Cassidy, I know you were telling me a little bit about a property you did that recently with. Maybe you can tell us about it. Yeah. So my going back to my personal home that I purchased in 2019. So I was just so, I knew that it wasn't my forever home. So Everybody, I feel, well, I would say a large majority of first-time homebuyers are like, they have this massive list of wants or like must-haves, and then they start seeing that monthly payment like you were saying, oh, we can't even afford to get a washer and dryer. And so for me personally, I was like, okay, well, I love the area of this home. It's like perfect. We can walk the dogs. We can walk to a coffee shop. It's close to highway access. I can get anywhere in the metro in such a short amount of time. And so for me, I was like, well, I just really love the location. And I was able to see a vision through the home. So it was a 1926 two-story and tiny, like a thousand square feet, one bathroom. Wow. But I just love the location. And so got in at the right price. I dumped all my savings into buying it and had my closing costs paid for back when that was a thing. Nice. <laughs> and I really just like maximized that space. And I was able to, we did a 500 square foot addition 
And so from the start, entire savings, like I think it was $4,000 was what we came to closing with. And then lived in the house for a year and a half and refinanced the home um, into a renovation loan. And so was able to add on 500 square feet and again, no more money out of pocket because we bought in the right location. The home has continued to appreciate. And now that home is four bed, two and a half bath. And I never want to sell it. I'm like, okay, let's hang on to this forever. We can move maybe in the next year or so or two years, but I just wanted to keep it. I want to keep it forever now because it's just like, this is just continue to appreciate because we bought in the right location and we were able to see a vision through. That's awesome. Yeah. I feel like that's so important is like having that insight of like, I can see what this area is going to be like in a few years. And so I can take the plunge and invest in this house because I believe in it and I believe in this area. And what you did is so smart for a lot of you listening. If you want to add immediate value to your house, add a bathroom. That's huge. And adding square footage, adding another bedroom or bathroom will immediately create appreciation and create equity in your home. Usually three beds, two baths is like the perfect size. Um, A lot of people that is like their minimum. So like, let's say there are buyers out there looking in your neighborhood. They won't even look at houses sometimes that only have one bathroom because they're like, we always have guests. We've got kids. Um, So once you have a second bathroom, now you open yourself up to more buyers, which means more buyers, more interest, more demand, and hopefully a better price. So the more you can kind of fit everyone's needs with your house, um, the better. Yeah. It doesn't mean you shouldn't buy a house with one bathroom, but thinking about that when you are buying of like, what is this going to look like if I sell it one day? Is that going to really limit me? Is that going to hurt me? Um, And I always tell my clients, I'm like, if you're buying a two bed, one bath, that's fine. And you can keep it. Don't feel like you have to do an addition, but that just means when you go to sell it, you have to consider that of like what other, you can't compare yourself to a three bed, two bath. You've got to look at the other two bed, one baths and you will be probably in a lower price point, but that's okay. Let's just get a lower price point now and it all evens out. Yeah. So, um, that's awesome. I would love to see pictures of what you've done to that cute little house. I love historic architecture. Like that's why I got into real estate was for like old Victorian houses where like the stairs are falling down and there's like old gingerbread molding on the porch. Like that's why I got into real estate originally. And I love those type of houses, but I bought new construction because after walking through some of these old houses, with my husband, I was like, he's handy, but he's busy. Like we wouldn't have time to fix something up. And I would love to be like the mom from It's a Wonderful Life, like renovating the house myself. But I also have dreams and goals and I don't know how to put up drywall. Like I just don't have time for that. So we were like, well, what makes more sense? And we, like I said, we were, or I didn't think I mentioned it in this podcast, but we, I worked for a builder for a long time and I was selling so much new construction that I was like sick of it. But then I was like, no, this actually makes sense for our life. Like we don't want to have to buy a brand new HVAC next year because we don't have the savings for it. And I don't want to have to rip out all these cabinets and find mold behind there. And I don't have the extra funds to pay for that. And if you do, that's great. Maybe you should buy a renovation because that is a really great way to make money. If you buy a house for, let's say, $220,000, but it's kind of falling apart, you might fix it and add, let's say, fifty grand worth of repairs of replacing the roof, replacing the plumbing and electrical, adding square footage, replacing the floors, and really doing a whole HGTV reno on that. 
Shout out to Masters of Flip if you've ever seen any of the shows that I was on, on Masters of Flip. I don't even know if it's still airing. Again, showing my age here. But that's what I used to do with that show is like helping figure out what we should do to these homes to help them appreciate. But let's say you bought it for 220, now you're in at 270 because you added 50,000. That house might now be worth 350. So it might be a good idea for you to buy something that's a little uglier and stinkier because it's gonna make you money. So you just have to consider like all your options and knowing if it's right for you financially, that's a big one. Um, knowing that it fits your lifestyle, that it fits the location that you need and being open. Maybe you're like, I never thought I'd wanna buy a ranch house, but actually this floor plan is perfect for us and we love the yard, you know? Not limiting yourself based on this idea you have in your head, I think is huge. Um, and then like you said, Cassidy, trusting your gut, I think that's a big one. I've walked buyers through houses and they're like, I never thought I'd wanna be in this area, but the second I drove through here, I actually love it. And it really just helps to just go and see, or maybe they walk through the house and they thought they love it. And they're like, for some reason, I'm just getting like a weird vibe. Trust that because you are the one that's gonna have to live there. And you don't wanna come home every day and be like, I shouldn't have bought this house. So you do need to feel good. And that's part of the, the beauty of owning a home is it becomes your home. Like it's a place where you do feel good and you make memories and you invest in your neighborhood and get to know your neighbors. Like it should be something that makes you feel good. And that's one of the joys of owning a home and investing in real estate versus investing in Bitcoin or investing in stocks and bonds. And I know Cassidy, we're kind of talking about that, that real estate is one of those things where you get to be the boss of what you're investing in and you're in charge. And it's not some CEO that you don't know in charge of your money. But also on top of the money side, because I know we talk about that a lot, but also it's the touchy feely, I wanna bake cookies in this kitchen and have people over for Christmas and put my Christmas tree in this one spot. Like that's also the beauty of owning a home too is like the ownership of, of being able to keep this place that you love so much and you're not tied to what your landlord wants to do to it. They're about to tear down the house I first lived in in Nashville. This super cute, tiny, tiny old house that is falling apart. And I loved that house. I painted the front door three different times. I like painted each room. I, I replaced light fixtures when I was renting this place and he's about to tear it down. And I'm so sad because like all those memories are just going to be gone. And that's also the beauty is like, this is something you get to keep. And that house that you renovated, Cassie, that's something you can keep for a long time and pass off to your children, your children's children, or do whatever you want to do with it. And it's like leaving a legacy, you know? I remember we were one time out in the front yard, like doing some landscaping and this lady was like walking by and she's like, my grandma used to live there. And it was like, oh my gosh. And now I regret every day. Like, why didn't I ask her more? Like, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so true. My Nana also lives, like when you were telling the story, I pictured, wow, my Nana got brought up multiple times in this Love episode. Love it. I guess I'm missing my Nana. But she lived in this really cute little brick Tudor and they bought it for $17,000 oh back in like the 1950s. And my papa fixed it up and they had six children there. It was a two bedroom, one and a half bath. And she still lives there and she just loves it. And it's like... I think that truly is what kind of sparked like my love for for homes is like her house was such a sanctuary mm -hmm. and it still is and I just love the idea of being able to create that for my family one day and all that good stuff. You know what's crazy Jess is we have similar a similar story because my grandma also uh, influenced a lot of my home love for homes and her love for Spanish architecture and me also loving that. And I think just like the attention to detail really stemmed from her. So that's so fun. Yeah. I love that. Cassidy, tell us about Kansas City, Missouri. What is going on out there? Who lives there? What do you do there? What's the market like there? I've never been, but explain to me why we should go. 
Yeah, so Patrick Mahomes lives here. I don't know if you know him. Is that a rapper? Uh, he's a football player for the Chiefs, oh. quarterback. <laughs> oh, I think I'm thinking of, um, <laughs> thinking of uh, I can't remember. Post Malone? Yeah, Post Malone. <laughs> wow, I just really booted myself. Um, I'm relevant, guys, I promise. Okay. <laughs> okay, so you have a football player that lives there. Amazing. Yes. So all-star quarterback uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs, killing it. So he lives here, but Kansas City is awesome. Um, it's my hometown. It's where I was born and raised. We have actually two states in one city. So as a real estate agent, you're licensed in both Kansas and Missouri. So I would say our town is definitely center, heart of the Midwest, but also a football-loving city, really, it is. Um, there's a lot of foodies here and, like, probably not as great as Nashville, but it's definitely a place that you could come for the week and just eat all week long and still never hit a dent in all the restaurants. So love that side of it. And I would also say Kansas City is huge on small businesses. And hey, if you have an idea, run with it. Like the community is going to really pour into you and support that. Um, So I love just like having small ideas and being able to take those and run with it and just really in a community that supports that. That's awesome. I love that. Do you guys have a lot of people moving there from out of state? Yeah. So just this past year, I have been working with a lot of buyers from the East and West Coast, um, just relocating to the heart of the Midwest. And they, all the way from like schools to the quality of life, the cost of living, the people, like the genuine, like nice people, like, hey, let me get this door for you. Um, So Really, we've seen a lot of movement here to our Kansas City market from the East and West Coast. Um, I personally have, and I know a lot of other agents at my brokerage as well have. And so that's been really exciting to really show them our town and they are just like falling in love with it and can't believe it exists. So that's awesome. Really cool movement to see. And I think post like the pandemic too, it has changed mindset for a lot that we're like, oh, I'm never moving and really them just like loving KC. That's awesome. And what is it like for a first time home buyer? Like are homes pretty affordable still? What's like the average price point if you're just getting into the market? Yeah, so I work with a lot of first time home buyers myself. Um, I would say that's a large part of who I'm selling to and whether that be someone in their 50s or someone in their 20s. And I would say as if we take all of the counties as a whole, that number looks to be like that 250 to 280 price point, give or take. Awesome. Wow, that's great. I was just talking with our um, Florida St. Pete teacher, and she was saying the average starting price point is right in like the $550,000 range. And, oh, it just crushes me. So hearing that there are still affordable cities out there is amazing. Nashville is definitely getting more expensive. I remember when I first moved here, the average price point was like $220,000. The first house I ever sold was two eighty, dollars and we thought that was fancy. And that was 10 years ago. Again, I'm aging myself. Holy smokes. Uh, I wake up and still feel like I'm like 23, but I'm 31, and it's just whatever. I'm just living my life. I mean, I love that for you. I love that you feel that way. <laughs> my grandma is 84 
And she's like, I'm still 23. When I wake up in the morning, I was like, yes, that is, that's good. I'm going to keep that. So it's in my pocket. Yes. Um, and now it's in your pocket. That mindset. Yes. She's like, I'm still the same. <laughs> Shout out to Nana. I love you, Nana. Well, I'm going to go ahead and get wrapped up. So the way we always end all of our episodes with how to buy a house class is what is one piece of advice, Cassidy, that you wish somebody would have given you early on or that you would love to gift to our listeners um, as a piece of advice for them? It does not even have to be real estate related. This can be anything. Um, but what's something that you wish that um, you would have known or that you would like to get? I wish that I would have known that if you want to buy a house, it's possible. It's a mindset and there's resources and things out there to help you get there. I have so many people I know feel like they could just never buy a house because of certain circumstances. And I really just wish there was a way to like nix all of that and just be like, let's get on a game plan and let's talk to a professional and you know, it's, it is possible if you want it. So yes. Amen to that. I love that. <laughs> Amen. We had someone that came to my how to buy a house class in Nashville and she was in her fifties and she's like, my parents didn't own their home. I never thought I'd be able to own my home. I've been renting forever. Mm-hmm. And I really had to walk her through be like, you can do this. Yeah. I'm not going to say her name, but I love her dearly. She's like a sister now, but I was like, you can do this. And she's like, you could be my daughter. How are you telling me what to do? <laughs> and I'm like, trust me, I've done this enough. I know you can do this. She got pre-approved. She bought her first house. It was a fixture upper starter home and she now has equity in her home and it's changing her life. And that is like the power right there of just having the courage to do it. Mm-hmm. So I love that advice. I think that's so true. And there are a lot of great resources out here, hence the podcast. Like we want to keep getting people um, to feel confident to do this, but there also are great options with getting a first time home buyer loan. There are USDA loans out there. There are rural loans. Like don't feel like you have to have all this money in your bank account to do it. You just need to start with talking to somebody. Mm-hmm. And we've got other episodes you can listen to about getting pre-approved and picking a lender and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But Cassidy, thank you so much for enlightening us with your wisdom and being on the podcast today. Um, if you're in the Kansas City area, definitely check Cassidy Fensom out. You can follow her on Instagram. You can go to her in-person classes. Um, you can sign up for her class on our website. Um, again, she's in Kansas City, Missouri. Um, and if you're in the area and need a killer, amazing realtor, please reach out to her. We adore her. And we're so happy to have her a part of our network. Thanks, Jess. Thanks, Cassidy, for being part of this. Amazing. Well, have a wonderful day. And send me pictures of your your tutor. I want to see it. Yes, I will. Thank you so much, Jess. All right. Thanks. Talk to you later. Stay tuned for more episodes from the How to Buy a House class. You can follow us on Instagram. We're at the How to Buy a House class. You can also email us. Yes, we still use email and we would love to connect to you that way as well. You can reach us directly at hello at howtobuyahouseclass.com. And I also would love to connect with you. My Instagram handle is at Jess Lou Randolph. And we hope you have a fabulous day. Thanks for listening and God bless you.